0: This is a podcast from your Dubai 92.
1: Welcome to this week's podcast. We were talking traditional surnames in the week. We want to bring back their literalness.
2: Yeah, it's an amazing thing. It used to be the blacksmith with the smith, but times have changed, so we need some literal last names. Rog and George, well, they also found out the
1: links between Baguettes and Buble. There's many of them, it turns out. Plus, these guys had a news quiz as well. As always, you want to get in touch, breakfast at Dubai92.com on the email. Give us a subscribe and a like. It's your Dubai 92 breakfast.
2: With George and Kitch. It was a sad day for me yesterday, George. Well, maybe sad's a bit overrated, but... I pondered my existence yesterday. Why is that? Because not just any hair, but yesterday I pulled out a really thick white hair from my head. And it was not just a little bit grey. I mean, this was a. uh, White hairs are thicker, aren't they, when you get them? I think so.
1: Actually, from from your head of hair. It was just I looked at myself in the mirror and... The motion just then was like it'd come out the middle of your forehead, which would be worrying. This thing was unbelievable. I did take a photo
2: of it. I can show it to you. This was a thick white hair. Oh. Now, I didn't want to bring it in because clearly that would be disgusting. But I
1: just thought, is this it? Have I just now got to embrace the silver fox? I think you're looking at this the wrong way. I think you should be looking at this. Actually, you've done really well to get to this age, and that be your first one. Because I've had friends who've been dyeing their hair because they've had grey hairs since their early 20s. So
2: what am I now? 38. That's yeah. the first thick grey one that's come out. Yeah. Not even grey. Like Steve Martin. In fact, I looked at it, and uh, if it was going to be a hair salon colour, it would be Catboy White. I mean, <laughs> that that is, that is what it would be. I feel like this thing's framed in your house now. Well, I took a photo of it. I thought, I've just got it. This is a momentous day. This is the line between young and old. I've now crossed this. Yeah. There's no going back. I'm going to be sitting around watching Hogan's Heroes episodes now. This is all I'll Golden be doing. Golden Girls. Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. I'll be just whinging that everyone makes too much noise. I'll be having a lunch at three o'clock in the afternoon. Sleep by five o'clock. I'll be getting up at four in the morning. Doing the crosswords.
1: But look on the bright side. You're in an apartment. No stairs.
2: Oh, that is very true, of course. Because mm. as you know that it was always a problem. You get to old age, you've got to worry about having a fall. Yeah, all, I don't all that, that money that now. you've
1: just saved on a standard stair lift. Amazing. Go out and spend it. Treat yourself. And if anyone does know a great hair salon who can help me dye my hair, please let me know. We'll do it. We just need a just for men box. Wow. Or Greece in 2000. OK, all right. Thank you, thank you. It's
0: your Dubai 92 breakfast. With George and Kitch.
2: Uh, we're in the midst of uh, COVID-19 restrictions. I know a lot of countries are doing it a lot better. A lot of countries are doing a lot worse. We've seen the scope of the way a lot of people are cope. Some people cope well. Some people cope don't. Because some people don't cope that well. But when this is all over, what is the one thing that you think will remain about your behavioural patterns or what you
1: do once the restrictions have lifted. Hand washing. I don't think I could go back again. Because, I mean, we're hygienic people. We all used to uh, wash our hands. But we've had this conversation before, the three of us with producer Rog, that you are washing your hands for a lot longer now and a lot better, spending a lot more time on them. And I don't think I'd be able to go back on that because you're just still going to be thinking about germs. And it's more of a habit now and you're a lot more aware of hygiene. Like, I was pretty tidy before, but now... I'm a lot cleaner, I think.
2: And I don't think I had a problem before. No, not at all. But I I think I'm the same now. I... Obviously, like every normal person, wash my hands. But now, from the end of time, I will sit
1: there and once I go to the bathroom, it's a 20-second minimum wash. Exactly. And I don't think we're going to want to come away from that because, especially now that you're more aware of end, that's how we got colds and things before and we never really thought about it or discussed it. Uh, also, I didn't used to be the person who death the soles of my shoes when I got in or wiped down the pack of wipes. Now I am.
2: I, I still haven't dittoled the soles of my shoes. They come off, they stay at the front door. But I totally get why you do that. I'm yeah. now thinking I should go home and do that myself. And exactly,
1: the minute you've started doing it, you can't stop doing it. It's going to take a while, I think. But also, I don't think that's a bad thing, no. come down on germs. Because it's weird. Because in Australia, we grew up in a house where you'd keep your shoes on. I know a lot of countries yeah, don't well, do that. My, my parents never had a problem with that in the house. So now I'd be like, yeah. off now. There's so many cultures. I know, certainly in Scandinavia or Japanese friends, if you walked
2: into more than the front door with your shoes on, there's something wrong with you. You take your shoes off.
1: Then you're always like, oh, Oh, I've got those pair of socks on. It's got a hole in it. It's embarrassing. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. There is stuff that I definitely would be glad to cut down on, though, and not do for a bit. Like, I've got to be honest, and as much as I'm grateful for it, Zooms. Give me a break from all of that kind of stuff. Give me a break. I don't mind the Zoom because I've worked out a way to have the
2: laptop in front of me, but it's on the big screen. So I'm not at a desk. I'm not looking at a computer. I'm actually laying back on the couch looking at the TV. And it feels so much more comfortable.
1: Yeah, I I think once you've done quite a lot of them in a week, I just find that they're quite tiring. And I I spend a lot of time looking at myself thinking, really? Is that how I look? Should I do something with the hair?
2: It's never a good thing.
1: Yeah. For me, it's got to be just, I like the home workouts. Yes. They're great. I never thought I would, but I've got really into them. No, you you work
2: away, you bust up a sweat, and then it's just, you don't have to worry about getting home. You're stinky and sweaty and it's just straight in the shower and then it's over. It's
1: great. Yeah, it really does cut the time down. So, yeah, keep up that as well. Anything else? I I think that's really about it. Maybe some of the cooking, baking things, but I don't think that's going to (laughs) last. I think for me,
2: it it was a good couple of months, but nah.
1: They are saying that dudes are done with sourdough now that the footy's back.
2: Your divine 92
0: Breakfast with George and Kitch.
2: We're discussing this situation that Britney Spears has found herself in, where about a month ago she went to her Instagram page and said that, well, she burnt down her entire gym. Now, it turns out the local police knew nothing about it. And whoopsie daisies, uh, she's released a brand new single surrounding all the PR hype from her burning down her gym, which
1: no one knew anything about. I wouldn't be surprised if she had burnt it down, though. It's very Britney, isn't it? It is. I mean, yeah. who doesn't work out with candles on? Everyone in the world, apart from Britney. So, yeah, the majority of me thinks she probably actually did burn her own gym down. I've been having high-impact workout music, been doing it wrong all these years. I needed yeah, exactly. to some lavender
2: scents and coconut.
1: Yeah, nice and calm and relaxing. It made me think about the times
2: I've come close to burning anything down. Have you ever burnt anything or really caused some
1: damage? Due to something going on fire, we set my brother on fire once. Um, <laughs> apart How old from, was he? Ooh, mid twenties. It was bonfire night, and we had fireworks in the garden, and we misaimed one. What I've heard, I remember this last year. What's bonfire night? It's um, it's, it's bizarre when you say it. You just go, what are we doing? So we celebrate the night that Guy Fawkes tried yes. to burn down the Houses of Parliament by making. Like straw figures of Guy Fawkes and burning them, and we have fireworks. And it's really bizarre why we do it, but it's a great celebration. You celebrate a guy by burning an effigy of him? Yeah, why Why it wouldn't you? Sense. Everyone does that. So, what we used to do as the families, we could go in the back garden, we'd have mugs of soup and rolls and all this stuff. Oh, and that sounds s- good. Set off the fireworks, and we'd have a bonfire and you do have to be very careful when doing your own fireworks, obviously, in the back garden, and sometimes they can miss aim And, yes, yeah, so we set my brother on fire a bit. He was fine, but he did look a bit like he'd been shot afterwards, there was a hole through his jacket. But it was fine. And now
2: he's just got the right to just, for now until the end of time, be able to say, listen, George... You set me
1: on fire. I'm not getting your present this year. <laughs> Don't tell him that, <laughs> please. <laughs> so say this week. Um, also, yeah, Bunsen burners in science classes, oh. they were always a beauty, weren't they? Oops, set some more stuff on fire. But so much fun. So much fun. You're sitting there doing a history
2: lesson no one cares about it, and you just clock on in because you know that at 10.30 you've got to get to Mr. Grunewagen's
1: science class where three of your mates are just going to sit around and just burn something up. And this is one of my issues with adult life. It's not enough Bunsen burners and there's... Never yeah. party bags. I'd love Never. to have a Bunsen burner just to light the candles when I go
0: to the
2: gym. That's <laughs> yeah, well, what I Well, need. exactly. I was living with a couple of mates, my mates Paigey and Kinsey, and it was typical laxadaisic Aussie mates. No one cared. So growing up, we had an oven that had a grill feature. So if you wanted to, like, grill some meats or whatever, you'd open the oven door and then you'd put the meat up really high in the oven because there was a grill element at the top. Yep. Worked really well. So the three of us were living in this place and it was strange because to grill your meats, you had to have the oven door closed. I couldn't work this out. So I went the same way, which was you open the oven door, and then you put the grill element on, and then you put. It. But it set fire to everything. So the sparks from the grill started coming out and began to set fire to the element of the oven above and then it caught fire with the tea towel, you know, that was below this. And all I remember was, guys, guys, fire! Fire in the kitchen! And they're watching the footy going, put it out, mate. <laughs> oh, put okay. It out. Put it out. Well, what are you doing? Just put it out if there's a fire. Don't worry about it. Just put it out, mate. I'm like, guys, I need a hand. Quick, I've got two hands. This could buy-. Just put it out. What are you doing? What's wrong with it? So, so what the- did you do? Well, I just... Just let something else. I was trying to contain the burn with like everything, and then I just had to let half the stuff burn while I went over and got like the kitchen blanket and the hose and <laughs> and got the whole thing done. And then there was just this this plasticky brown scar at the top.
1: Well, if they don't want to get up, they're watching the footy. Yep, you're they, gonna you know, have more stuff burn. They, aren't they you? won't
2: worry about it. But I came this close. I saved their lives. It's Your Dubai 92 Breakfast
1: with George and Kitch. So there's quite a few new things on Netflix. First up for me there is season 3 of Dynasty, which is just insane. So this is the reboot of the classic. Right. And so much happens in every episode that I feel bad for whoever it's job it is to do the recap. You cannot skip recap even if you just watched the episode before, you need that recap That's because cool. it's insane. Why? Just so much drama, tension, backstabbing. Yeah, so like in a family, someone will die and it turns out, you know, the son did it, but also someone else will come back with someone else's face and then someone will be, you know, committing fraud. Someone else will be pretending to be a doctor to get in the hospital to finish someone off. It's constant.
2: When I ever had to sit through one of these episodes because my sister was watching it or something, I loved how they'd have the evil cousin would turn up and it was the same actor, but with a really bad black wig.
1: Yes, we've had plenty of that and uh, some have changed, actually, oh, since really? last series. Completely different actress. Takes a while to get your head round, but I love it and it's complete escapism. If you're not after escapism, we've got some dystopian new series. We have one? Snowpiercer. This is the big one that's just hit Netflix. Now, this they're doing a bit like they did last dance. New episodes weekly, so there's two on there at the moment. This has been described as a game-changer Now, it's actually based on the film from 2003 by Parasite's award-winning director, Bong Joon-ho. I believe that's how you say it. It may well not be. And it's set in the future. It's actually a really, really depressing concept, if you think about it. I'm just going to play you the trailer first, and then we'll talk more.
3: Seven years ago, the world ended. Now the train is all that's left. First, the weather changed.
0: The final days of the freeze... The rich retreated to art This is how we survive.
3: There are those who have, and those who suffer.
1: So the world started to heat up with global warming. Scientists attempted to cool it down and froze it by accident. So the only way to survive was to get on this train. With the rich people had all brought carriages. Poor people stormed it. Managed to get in the end of it, which they called the tail. Which essentially is like some kind of gulag. So, what was say it again? What was it called? The tail. The tail. Yeah, you don't want to be on the tail. Um, so, it's essentially a bit of a commentary on social injustice. You know, class divides, ethical dilemmas. What will you do to survive? So, it's quite, quite dark in a way, but also pretty good. You have got the lady from Labyrinth, whose name now escapes me. David Bowie. What is she called? The lady.
2: David Bowie.
1: <laughs> what is her name? The young girl I, no, I the dark I, I haven't seen it in ages. Oh, she still looks the same. She's really good Botox. What is her name? Oh, she spent a lot of time in Dubai. Uh, Jennifer Connolly. That's it. She is the voice of the train and also the PR of the train. So that is worth a watch. And if you liked, like me, Walking Dead you have another zombie series. It's called Black Summer, set in the dark early days of the apocalypse, starring Jamie King. The trailer's mainly noise.
3: Is there anywhere that's safe?
1: <laughs> that's what you want from a zombie apocalypse. It's the same sound effect for each of them but I I, I like them all. They exactly sound good. that. I mean it seems from the first couple of episodes very much like Walking Dead or anything else, you know, everyone's now a refugee and they've got to try and survive. But I will say the zombies are quicker and more vicious than they are oh. in Walking Dead because they are pretty slow in that other one. How do they categorize the zombies in this one? We ha- haven't really Walkers. got there yet because oh, it's right at the beginning. So, you know, they're not in the swing. of, They're not to their new normal yet. And
2: it's a bit more advanced than a Michael Jackson thriller video
1: clip where it's just poople. Yeah, a little bit more advanced because they can run and they can jump after oh, no. you. And they're, they're just a bit more disgusting, really, but less decayed. Now, ironically, the second season has been delayed by the pandemic, but it will be made. And that's my recommendations for this week. <laughs> oh. More
2: zombies are out there. I look forward to next week when there'll be another zombie series that you find that you can check down for us. That there will. I got stuck in a vortex over the weekend because I was watching some interview clips. I don't know how it came across, but it was Huey Lewis, the singer, mm-hmm. t- describing each of the albums he made in three words. And it got talking about how there was, you know, different movies have always referenced... Um, Christian Christian Bale was in one movie talking about Huey Lewis and all this sort of stuff. So I thought to myself, back to the future. How many of them? Well, I only watched the first, and this is why I gave a review, because I, I got stuck down this vortex on YouTube of watching the clips. And whilst there's no footage with sound, they have put up on YouTube the original first scenes that were filmed without Michael J. Fox with a different actor in his place, Eric Stoltz. Right. Did you know this? Yeah,
1: but I've never heard it.
2: Yeah, so they filmed it. Because they wanted Michael J. Fox, but he wasn't available due to his family ties commitments. So they brought Eric Stoltz in and they filmed those early scenes at the Hill Valley Shopping Centre car park where they've got the car and everything and he's got the red jacket, puffer jacket and the shirt and he's got the headphones and the jeans. And they went through five weeks of filming and they had to go to the head of Universal Studios and say, this guy's a drama actor, he's so talented, but we need a comedic guy. We need to throw away all this film and reshoot it with Michael J. Fox.
1: Wouldn't that be gutting? I've done five weeks and there's nothing in there you can use. But how gutted would you feel
2: that you got the film, you've signed on, yeah. you're filming it, you're in there, you've done the scenes, and then you get the... It's um, so an MJ's coming in and uh, he's going to be taking over and we're recutting every single scene with shot with you. So pack up your things by the end of the day. Be good knowing you. Yeah, thanks anyway. Bye now. And then you go and sit back and watch the film become uh, one of the greatest box office successes of all time. So that was the classic film I rewatched. And it's just so dodgy how Michael J. Fox goes back to the 1950s and his mum has a crush Don't, on him.
1: No, 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 no. Can we not? No. Is it that? No. no. Absolutely not. I mean, what were they thinking in the first place, and it just gets worse by the year, doesn't it? No, but I, I
2: pick up so many more things. Like one of my favourite jazz tracks, Oscar Peterson's Night Train, was the, band, the song the band were playing at the Under the Sea dance back at the end. So if you're looking for something to revisit, something a bit of a uh, blast from the past, you can't go past, Back to the Future.
1: There's a Back to the Future ride, isn't there? Where is that? Oh, Is it Universal? It must be. Universal Studios in Orlando. Yeah, I remember going on that when I was a kid. Really? No, I want to watch Back to the Future now. Rog, a film, please, a review. Yeah, well, on Netflix, I went back to 2014
0: to watch the Vigilante action thriller called The Equaliser. It's from Antoine Fuqua. It's loosely based on the 1980s TV series of the same name. It's got Denzel Washington in, who plays Robert McGill, a retired Defence Intelligence Agency officer who now works in a cushy little job at a hardware store. Oh, so cushy. He turns back to his former job uh, to protect his town of Boston from crime laws. Have a listen. This is the director and Denzel Washington talking about the
1: film. Although he's outnumbered, outgunned, He's not outsmarting. He has to
3: think on his toes and he's gotta deliver some pretty harsh blows. My character uses his physical skills and uh, you know, he takes what you have and uses it against you. I'm offering you a chance to do the right thing.
0: <laughs> when you are the equalizer, you walk into a room, you scan the room, so if a fight does break out, the area that you're in, you can use the essentials around you. Like a knife,
3: the glass or cup, or a book.
1: They've got their dialogue spot on, haven't they? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, they've reversed Uh, that. And literally,
0: he uses a book. It's fantastic. It's outrageous. There's some real, like well choreographed scenes of fights and all that sort of stuff um, and the last scene I mentioned that he lives in a hardware store and they've said there that, that he uses whatever he can mm. to fight off these crime lords the last scene is like Home Alone 1 and 2 <sighs> the booby trap scene at the end of those two films it's oh, so those. good is
1: it's... he a cross between MacGyver and John Wick and and um, Kevin M-
0: what's his name Kevin McAllister brilliant MacGyver, John Wick Kevin McAllister all in one character
2: ah I've not seen. I've never even heard it's, of this film. How has it got past it, me?
0: It's really good. It's from 2014. There was a sequel in 2018 as well, but I don't think that's on Netflix yet. Really? Solid. 65 out of 92 for me. It's brilliant. Nice. The, I loved it. The Equalizer. Yeah. Check it out.
1: Your Dubai 92 breakfast with George and Kitch. Literal surnames. It saves time. So instead of, uh, you know, George Ryland, what does Ryland mean? No one knows. I'm not a farmer. It sounds kind of farmery, doesn't it? If you think about it. It sounds like a town to me. It is actually a town. There is a Ryland village in the UK. Okay, so, so George village. Is this what we're looking at? So, well, yeah, but for me, it doesn't do anything, does it? It doesn't describe my suitability for a job or social interaction. So let's go back to surnames, which mean something, which are spot on for what you are or what you do. Like John Swift these days, you know, after lockdown, could be John Tubby Waddler. You've got, you know, Karen, Facebook Troll. Tom Office Drone, Barry Insurance Fraudster, Simon Murderer. It would make everything a lot easier if you just classified people properly. Because in the old days, the common
2: name, certainly in English-speaking countries, is Smith. Yes. And that came from so many blacksmiths. Exactly. So you'd be thinking there'd be, Suzanne, I'm going to troll people on Facebook all day. Yes. There would be... Uh, Catherine, who borrows money from everyone
1: off coffee and never buys another one back. (laughs) Yeah, yes, exactly that. So I think it's time we brought back literal surnames. So I want you guys to decide what yours would be. Now, this could be something to describe your job or your personality, but it has to describe something about you. Let us know what yours would be, 4009. I think mine would easily be Lachlan. Headphone geek. I mean, just. <laughs> headphone breaker. Headphone breaker,
2: headphone geek. It's the whole thing. Some sound nerd. I think kitchen actually came from. I know the family w- migrated from England to Australia in like the 1820s, and they were candle makers. Oh, they didn't open the first kitchen showroom. No, well, then they they actually moved into making kitchen and soap products in like the, the 1910s. If you ever go to Melbourne, there is a, a J.L. Kitchen and Sons, some big, massive warehouse. Uh, where they used to make soap or something. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. I don't know where the candles came from. Maybe they actually changed their career to be part of their life. They did it the opposite way around. You could have been Lachlan Candle. Look, I don't want to feel like I'm going back to school again where everyone's backing out my last name because that's (laughs) what happened. Lachlan Laundry, I had them all. Producer Roger. Yes. If your last name wasn't Prior, Mm. we're probably Roger late to the show. Yeah.
1: Yeah, actually,
0: Roger Tardy.
1: Roger Tardy. I quite like that. Oh, Roger, that's a...
0: I've
2: got
1: an excuse. Roger, I had to go to the vet. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Roger, I forgot to set my alarm again.
1: Nice, yeah, my phone ran out of battery. Yeah, uh, My phone doesn't hold calls. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Roger, uh, I left my wallet in my car when the bill comes
2: to share and pay for everyone else. Uh, Rod- Valid. Yep. Valid. Roger, yeah, I got stuck in
1: a traffic jam even yeah.
2: though there's no cars on the road. Yeah. Roger, I will make my wife drive uh, via Abu Dhabi to get Russell Kamer <laughs> so she doesn't have to pay toll roads. I'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> proud of all of
0: these.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult actually to hone it down to one, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I'll have a multi
0: barrel <laughs> <isn't I>?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be a high for that. You'll be posh before
2: you know it. Um, The application has come in for Eton College. Who is it for? It is for Roger. I am actually a vegan, but I do love carrot cake and a lot of dairy items. Oh, there he looks. That's a perfectly good barrel name. We should have him in the school.
0: It's your Dubai 92
2: breakfast.
1: With George and Ketch. It's Two Topic Tuesday. Yeah, I've
2: done a bit of a change today because usually I give someone two topics, or the way it works, someone gets two topics and another person gets two topics. But I've done a bit of a twist today, because what I've done is... Have you given us both the same? Not quite. I have given you both the same topics, but in different orders. Nice. So (gasps) we're going to start... At one topic with Roger and end on one, and then we're going to start on that one and then go back to the first one
1: with you, George. That it's, is an acceptable twist. The scoring it, it, system still works. It is
2: like a 360 degree. Yeah. I thought about giving you the same one to see how you would go, but I thought, no, that's too repetitive. Let's like it, make it one infinite loop of Two Topic <laughs> Tuesday where we just continuously go round and round and round. Love Therefore, it. today we have to start with you, producer Roger. Okay. Your topics again. The French baguette. And Michael Bublé. Now, remember, we're going to try and keep you at about two minutes here. So the
0: time starts now. The French baguette is loved the world over for its long, slender shape, its delightfully crunchy crust and its light, airy dough. In France, the exact shape and size can be interpreted inside the boundaries of a six centimetre diameter and a maximum length of one metre. The dough, however, is defined by the French bread decree of 1993, which states that it must be baked and sold in the same boulangerie. And it must be prepared from just four ingredients, those being flour, salt, water and yeast. Yeast extract is is used in various products, perhaps most famously, Marmite, which tastes great on a baguette, or the lesser Australian imitation, Vegemite. A a Vegemite sandwich was offered to the protagonist of the song Down Under by Men at Work. Since its release in 1981, the song has become somewhat of an antipodean anthem. And in 2018, radio station Triple M ranked it as the second most Australian song on their Ozfest 100. Number one on the chart was Cold Chisels' Kaysan, I've never heard of it either. Like Cold Chisels lead singer Jimmy Barnes, Men at Work's frontman Colin Hay is a Scottish-born Australian. He hails from Saltcoats, a town founded on harvesting salt from the Firth of Clyde. Saltcoats later became a shipbuilding hub and is also the hometown of world champion dart player Robert Thornton. Darts is a sport played around the world in social establishments. But in December 2019, the World Darts Federation announced it was preparing an International Olympic Committee application to include darts in the Olympic Games. The Olympic Games are inspired by ancient sporting events in Olympia in Greece, some 3,000 years ago. They have evolved over the last two centuries to encompass the Summer Olympics, the Paralympics and the Winter Olympics. The greatest show on earth is a celebration of competition and tradition, embodied by traditional icons, the Olympic rings and the Olympic torch relay. The torch relay begins several months before the Olympic Games with the lighting of a flame at Olympia. Then it is carried across the world before being used to light the torch at this opening ceremony. In 2010, ahead of the Vancouver Winter Olympics, Olympics. Vancouver's favourite son took part in the torch relay. He performed his song, "Crimea River, during the broadcast of the Today Show on Gross Mountain. That man was
1: Michael Bublé. Oh,
2: well, you got there on the end.
1: You got there on the end, didn't you? I forgot Just... his name at the end. What, are you trying to I get... wonder what was with the dramatic pause. That <laughs> man! Nearly Always got it away. Though.
2: Look, that wasn't too bad. I mean, I was enjoying the facts about the French bread, how it's only meant to have four ingredients. You mm. uh, worked in there with yeast as well. That was in there. Look, you did touch my heartstrings <laughs> going back and playing about Men at Work Down Under, about the mighty cold chisel and casein, the greatest Australian song ever. But I think you earned minus points for using one of my most hated terms of Antipodean. I thought you liked that and also by saying that Marmite was better than Vegemite, so you came out of that revenue neutral. (laughs) Uh, I love the idea that darts... But you didn't put in a 180. I was waiting for that somewhere. I should have. I should have. The Olympic Games are great. We love the flame. We love the torch. That's always amazing. You made it go back to Canada and go back to Michael Bublé. You carried the torch. All in all, I mean... Barnsey was in there as well. I'm going to have to say that's pretty good. I'm going to go you 75 out of 92. Nice. Well done. So that was pretty good. So we started with the French baguette. We ended up in Michael Bublé. So, George, you have a score to beat of 75. As you go from the reverse order, Michael Bublé into the French baguette. Are you ready? I am
1: ready. We'll start the timer. Roughly two minutes. Starting now. Michael Buble is a Canadian singer, songwriter and record producer. He became a naturalised Italian citizen in 2005, but has retained dual citizenship rather than give up links with his homeland of Canada. This isn't a widely known fact as he didn't make a fuss about it. On the other end of the spectrum, many celebrities have made a fuss about leaving their home country. For example, these said they would leave the U.S. if Trump got elected: Leonard Dunham, Chelsea Handler, Neo, Brian Cranston, Barbara Streisand, and Snoop Dogg. They will remain living in the U.S. Snoop Dogg, real name Calvin Cordozar Broadus Jr., with a brief stint to Snoop Lion, then back to Snoop Dogg in 2015, is a rapper by trade, but has had some interesting side gigs. He is an active entrepreneur and investor. He has an app, a digital media business, and a video game business. Perhaps most notably, though, he worked with Master the Stewart, now one of his besties. In 2016, they started a show together, Martha and Snoop's Potluck Dinner Party, a 30-minute cook Cooking talk show on VH1. The show is still going strong on its third season, proving anyone wrong that thought an entrepreneur, gangster rapper, and a 77-year-old millionaire lifestyle guru would have nothing in common. When it comes to cooking shows, it has in fact got much weirder. Like Close to the Bone, surgeons and chefs from Canada cooking with beefcake, featuring buff men, and Cooking with Dog, narrated by the Japanese host who is a poodle called Francis. One of the first ever TV cooking shows was aired back in 1937 on the BBC in the UK. Called Cook's Night Out, it features dishes like omelettes demonstrated by Marcel Boulson. He was known for his cookery book on French cuisine. French cuisine is one of the highest regarded in the world and has a gourmet feel to it, whether it's a classic like escargot or a simpler dish like soup à l'oignon. Frankly, nothing beats the type of bread that dates back to the 18th century and is popular to this day all over the globe, though in many poor forms... The French Baguette.
2: Unbelievable. What a a great performance. Thank you. And instantly, I can already say that whilst producer Roger went overtime, George, you came in under time. How much? You came in under by about seven or eight seconds. Nice. Which I think gives you an additional five points. Lovely. A little bit of breathing room in there. So when you go through Michael Bublé, I didn't know he had Italian passports. I way, didn't know that a before. in fact as well. I love the idea of the celebrities who were wanting to move overseas, <coughs> gave their pledge, but they most certainly didn't. Snoop Dogg had a video game business. He does still, yeah. And I love the way you managed to link Snoop Dogg with Martha Stewart, which we know, and that was then... The home straight of moving into Martha Stewart and cooking programmes and going through the cuisine. That that wasn't forced like producer Roger trying to <laughs> buy votes and points <laughs> with listing Australian classic songs. No. It was a far more natural
1: and organic process. And I think what we've all learned from this is that there's a show called Cooking with Beefcakes.
2: And the first T V show was in nineteen thirty seven on the BBC. Mm. Remarkable. I really enjoyed that. I think it had to come through at the remarkable score of 79 out of 92, which makes George, again, another notch on the winning belt that is to Topic Tuesday. Thank you. To the winner gets the spoils. Congratulations.
1: Nothing but pride. It's your Dubai 92 breakfast. With
0: George and
2: Cage. Pharrell.
1: Nearly. Pharrell. Pharrell. Why do you have trouble saying Pharrell? I always have done. Really? I have no idea why. Well, I have trouble saying naturally
2: for pets. Only today though. <laughs> naturally, naturally for naturally for pets. Some know. days just Maybe can't do some
1: words, but frell, no.
2: I always had trouble when I, when I first started out in radio. I went to one of these old-fashioned radio schools from one of the old style. You know the old announcers and they used to speak like that in the 1960s? This is Mr Chumbly Warner from the BBC. Yeah. We, we had one Alan's buttermenthols, and sorbent is Australia's favourite. So he was this old guy called Max Rowley and he gave us all these exercises we had to do in the first week. I was about 18 and you're all young and green. and you. How much does a bus ticket cost? He was authoritative in... I can still recite Peter them all Peter Piper now. picked... Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. I still have trouble saying them today. <laughs> red leather, naturally for pets. <laughs> naturally for pets. Red leather. How much does a bus ticket cost, sir? And you have to do all these exercises over and over and over again. Wow. Good lot of... Fat lot of good, it did me. None. Well, it's, a good <laughs> it's a way to spend some time, I guess. But it was I, I don't know if any of those things really help anymore. Maybe if you're an actor. I don't know if it being yeah. a radio announcer helps, but if you're an actor and you're on stage and you have a certain role you have to play. I Projecting. Always, Sir Ian McClellan in extras. Oh, yeah. The words are written down on the page. How do I know what to say? People tell me. And when you... <laughs> Legends. <laughs> and, you
1: know and when you know how to do it, that's where the, the acting comes into play. I always wanted to be an actor, and then I realised very young that it really wasn't my forte. Did
2: you do high school musicals? Any high school performances?
1: No, we didn't have anything like that. But then I did theatre studies A-level, and we had an actual theatre, because I went to the same school as Alan Akebourne. Is that a famous person? Yeah. Okay. so we had like a, a proper little theatre and we used to make the sets and everything. But even then, you know, I w- no, one was, no one was calling from the Sylvia Young right. School, you know. What did you perform? What plays? Alan Aitborn?: Oh, OK. Sorry. <laughs> All right. I-, I
2: thought that was a person. I'm, I'm just completely confused here. <laughs> playwright. Oh, he's a playwright. OK. Yeah. Um, well, I- but it wasn't like you were doing West Side Story or you weren't doing...
1: No, I don't remember there ever being a musical option, apart from uh, when I was about, I think it was about 11, 12, when you're really coming into those awkward years. Oh, they're not I went an audition for Annie. Tomorrow. Yeah. No good? I don't know who in the room was more embarrassed. Everyone was embarrassed. No one really said anything, and then in the end I just left. Well, the good news
2: is your time has come, George, because in the next 10 minutes you're going to be giving us a rendition. Excited? Excited?
0: <laughs> No? George and Ketch. On your Dubai 92 breakfast.
2: What were some of your favourite birthday celebrations? Were there some with <laughs> friends or parties? or What were some of the best ones?
1: My 18th was amazing. Uh, all my mates, my mum and dad's, all down the local. Uh, that's all I can tell you on that one. My 30th, uh, what I liked to do, and I, I thought I'd started a, a trend that would be repeated on my 40th, was go to Vegas. Because in Vegas... Um, it just doesn't matter, does it? Everything's Life. different in Vegas. You are, your new, you are you. Yeah. You're free
2: from your inhibitions. You're free from any of your restrictions. You are the best version
0: of
1: you. Yeah, exactly. You want to go sleep through Cirque du Soleil, you can do that. So I was going to do that again, but, um, you know, circumstances preventing, I'm here. I, I didn't realise you did this for your 30th. I know you had planned to do it for your 40th. Yes. I didn't realise it was a 10-year reunion, uh, you know, a, a
2: convergence of... Of birthdays
1: again. It was going to be, and I was going to go to Texas as well to visit the American's uh, sister and in-laws and whatnot. Oh, you, and have was gonna... very,
2: you have a very good friend out here who's American.
1: Yes, exactly. And I was going to get myself some cowboy boots. Oh. What was the plan for Vegas, though? Were you going to go to stay at, like, Caesars Palace or go to shows? or? Yeah, I do like Caesars. Uh, definitely taking a show and shop. There's a great Coach Outlet store. It is a great place to shop.
2: Under, I, I went there for a boys' uh, bucks week. And I I got in trouble amongst the committee that would converge each night at 6pm before we went out to dinner and everyone would have to, like so-and-so did this, so-and-so did this, so-and-so went home early and I got in trouble because I spent one day shopping. (laughs) And everyone was like, mate, we're in Vegas, you spent shopping.
1: More fool them. There's great bargains to be had in Vegas. People have no idea.
2: It was the first time in my life I bought blue suede shoes, and they were. You know what? They looked so good in Vegas. They looked so good in the shop, and then when I wore them out to dinner, they looked so good. And then I got them home, and I was like, I can't wear these anywhere.
1: (laughs) Right? They were. Yeah, they're just going to sit at the back of that wardrobe. Are your mum and dad still got them? Have they in storage? Uh, No, I think that you wore them twice, and then they just disintegrated. (laughs) But in Vegas, they were the shoes that you. Had to have. Should have stayed in Vegas, man. You know oh. what the rule is.
2: It's your Dubai '92 breakfast
0: with George and Kid. I
2: saw a tiger,
0: and the tiger, tiger saw me. Oh, good harmonies, guys.
2: Oh, I haven't heard that in a while. It's it's it, making me a bit. Withdrawal symptoms, is that the best way to put it? I want
1: want more tiger. Well, I've got a bit for you, because it feels like years since we last spoke about Tiger King. It's probably about a month and a half. Uh, This is such juicy gossip, even News Nadia has stayed in. Yeah, what's happened? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Carol Baskin, however you like to refer to her, she has pulled the ultimate. She now has been awarded the zoo, once owned by Joe Exotic. She's got her hands on JW Zoo. It's hers. How did she do this? Because wasn't it owned by the creepy guy who loved Jeff his nose? Yeah. We'll get to him in a minute. A judge has ruled that Big Cat Rescue Corporation, I think rescues maybe a... Anyway, we'll leave that to one side. They get the zoo because of the lawsuit and all the money that she was owed. So that's what's being handed over. Now, as you say, Jeff Lowe actually is in possession of this at the moment. But uh, his lawyer has said that we didn't challenge her attempts. All of Jeff's focus is on opening the new Tiger King Park in Oklahoma, which should be opening in the next 120 days. There's a further twist, though, that I saw a while back. What's that? at Carol Baskin's original husband. That oh, the one who uh, mysteriously disappeared. Disappeared. That's yes, the one. Yeah, actually looks quite like Jeff Lowe. Your Jeff Lowe always wears a hat, so you can't compare the hairlines. I'm just
3: throwing it out there. It's intriguing, really, isn't it? I mean, it's a it's a real who done it.
1: Yeah, she wanted Joe out the picture, and he now is with the help of the ex-husband or. Did she feed him to the tigers? No one knows. Actually, someone knows. It's she probably did. Carol Baskins. <laughs> she
3: There's does. sufficient material there for a follow-up, really, isn't there?
1: Oh, absolutely. Or oh, no I'm question. thinking one of those those straight to TV daytime <laughs> like reenactment movies. <laughs> oh, yes.
3: I want to. Well, there is
2: the Nicolas Cage one that's coming out very soon.
1: There is, yeah. Well, there at is, least yeah. it's
2: being made, so that'll have another pre, you know, another few chapters towards the end that the TV series didn't have. But now it, it solves the age-old question: if you could go to anyone's tiger zoo. Would you go to Carol's or would you go to Joe Exotic's? Well, now it's the same one.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or you've got Jeff Lowe's one in Oklahoma. No, thanks. No, I'm not going there. He's a creep, that guy. Yeah, he,
3: he really is, he's the, he? He's always a nasty piece of work, isn't he? Yeah. He's the worst. No, not, not good, not I mean, good.
2: he was dodgy. I'm,
3: I actually, I'm actually feeling sorry for poor old Joe Exotic.
1: Why, well, because he's in jail and he doesn't yeah. get to cash in on this fame that he's got?
3: I, I just think it's sad.
1: I don't feel sorry for any of them. You know what? If you want to go to a zoo, go to Steve Irwin's in Australia. Yes, that is the bit. Or oh, Bobby. Who are they? Bobby, what's the kids' names? Bindi. Bindi and Bobby.
2: Bindi and Bobby. And Terry. And Russell Crowe might hang around sometimes as well, but we're not allowed to talk about that. <laughs>
1: He's always in the background <laughs> with this show, yeah. isn't he? George and Ketch.
2: On your Dubai 92 Breakfast. It's a bit different this morning because... The
0: news quiz is back. George is not here, so producer Roger filling the void. Okay, I'm, i am got to start by saying I'm very nervous. Nadia.
3: Do you know, I can feel the vibes in here. There's two very, very competitive people and I can you can cut the air with a knife.
0: <laughs> because I do a lot of work while you're also doing a lot of work. So I I don't wanna oh, don't say I can't
2: listen. Nadia comes in and each time as you know. And talks about the news, and then on a Thursday we recap the news of the week. But producer Roger is the one who's actually working during the show, producing. So he hasn't been as attentive to what you've been saying, Nadia. So all that means is <laughs> looks like <laughs> I'm going to win.
3: Oh yeah, fighting talk, fighting talk. It's but my well, let's point, see, kid. let's see. I think he's like a sponge, just absorbs it all while he's over there. Okay, so
0: let's have a listen. Big sponge, to-
3: <laughs> <laughs> massive.
2: What's your what's your Let's buzzer? have a listen
3: to the buzzers then.
0: Yeah, I ripped my trousers yesterday. <laughs>
2: in how the un- office how unfortunate Nadia we could have taken that from any day the <laughs> conversations that go on around this place my buzzer sound nerd absolutely <laughs> that's going to be the title of my I was autobiography going to say, very,
3: very interesting buzzers actually there'll be a lot of people queuing up to buy that kitsch I can tell you <laughs> now we've got five questions you have now I'm going to make it even harder for you so if I get a wrong answer I'm going to take a question I'm going to take a point off you oh, just to make what? it double just to make it, oh, yeah, oh. yeah, exactly so here we go Question number one. What are the timings for the National Disinfection Programme in yeah, Dubai? Yeah, I ripped
0: my trousers yesterday. 11pm to 6am.
3: Spot on. There's Come a- on. Roger's on the board. Roger's on the board. What are they in the other Emirates? Uh, Sound
2: nerd. Six or ten. Six... Yeah. 10pm till 6am.
3: Right, okay, I'll give you that. You just just about got that one, I'll give you that one. <laughs> I was that mean, case. that now, the
2: non, that, that's when you can still go out. <laughs> okay, okay one, he his work one, now.
3: one all, one all. Who stars in the first Hollywood movie to hit the cinema on the first
2: uh, Yeah, It'd <laughs> <laughs> have to be Russell Crowe in Unhinged.
3: Absolutely. <sighs> there we go. you just just him by a Two, whisker there. One. Okay. How much is the fine for throwing your mask out of the car? Yeah, I went my
0: trousers yesterday. 1,000 dirhams, 1,000 dirhams.
3: Yes. Yes! And a bonus point if you know the other bit to it. 1,000 three, points three, and...
0: Three black, three black marks on your licence, three points on your licence.
3: Oh, I think I'll have to take that off you at six points. Ooh. So sorry. i oh, get so a minus so, for that? So sorry again. You got a minus? Um.
2: here. <laughs> <laughs> So we could No, I reckon we have it have. It was a bonus. It was a bonus. I reckon right, two, two. Okay, all right. We're going right, to the final all right, question. We'll keep, I'm,
3: I'm probably being a bit harsh over Too here. Kind. All right, two all, two all. Um, <laughs> otherwise, we could be here all day. Okay, final question. <laughs> what are the names of the NASA astronauts? Yeah, I ripped my trousers
0: yesterday. Do you know it? No, no, go, it's go on. It's Bob and Doug.
3: Yes, Robert, quite, quite right. And the winner is... Yes! <laughs>
0: I can't believe. How oh. did you pull that off? I'm just so relieved because if I'd lost, George would have killed me when she came in on Sunday.
3: Do you know, you can never trust a dark horse, really, can you? That's no. true. He's just sneaked in from behind.
0: He's been
2: staying late and listening back to your bulletins. <laughs> That's what he's been doing. He's been having them on repeat.
3: My biggest fan. <laughs>
0: I, couldn't, I couldn't stay back late the other day because I ripped my trousers the other day.
2: Yeah, yeah ripped your trousers. Stayed here and listened back to all the recordings. It's a good
3: job. This is radio, not television. Nah, yeah, yeah, thank too, you so yeah. much. If you want more
2: details on any of the news, where's the best
3: place to go? ARN News Center app, of course. It's your Dubai 92 breakfast.
2: With George and Kitch. Well that was the potty for this week. Don't forget to subscribe, like and share. As always you can contact us at breakfast 92com
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast from your Dubai 92.
2: Listen live across the UAE on the Dubai 92 app at Dubai92.com or 92 FM on your radio.